know what? I'm about to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this! Today we have an excellent interview with sword swallower Dan Meyer, and you know I had to do it to him. Fucking Battle of the Worst, back again. Don't miss it. This radio show might take a while is here. I'm hanging out with Johnny Stretch Arms Ransom. Hey. <laughs> Brady Pickheader Lane. That was so wrong. None of those are my names. <laughs> Brady Pickheader Let. There it is. There Come it on. is. Hey. Alex the Lamb of God. Ames. No, the Ham of God. The Ham Thank of God. You. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I'm Daniel Moore. Uh, this is this podcast could take forever. Thank you so much for hanging out with us again. What is going on, guys? Well, just right off the bat, I immediately regret the intro that I did about thirty <laughs> seconds ago. I was like, you know, I had to do it to him. That's like it doesn't make sense in, outside of the context of a meme. <laughs> That's okay. You can't you can't just you, say that. Were, were you being like DJ Cali? I don't know Cali? where that shit came from. I don't from. even know. Uh, the other day, Alex Powell dropped one on me, like in a comment. <laughs> like I said something, and he was like, "That's gonna be an unsubscribe from me, dog." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "But that was in a con- like there was no context." He just wrote that sentence, and I was like, "I know exactly what you're referencing." Right <laughs> oh, that's Wait, good. didn't he didn't he post something on like the uh, community page? Mm. Yes. So- Something oh, about thanks for all the love with a bunch yeah, of emojis. I think in the last episode we gave him a shout out. Yeah. Well, he oh, be- it was better get his, on that shit again. Vin- it was about his videos. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, here's another one, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Road Rash. <laughs> for a second, I thought maybe he was memeing trolling us again. Meme trolling. Meme. Meme. Mm-hmm. Who pronounces it like that? What sick fuck says Mimi? My mother in law says oh, Mimi. Boy. Oh, man. Pathetic. Pathetic. <laughs> she should know better. Yeah, yeah. Simpsons. Like hit him with a meme. Yeah. Pathetic. Um. All right. So I bought a car. That was pretty exciting. Mm. I finally oh, found no, one. No, 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 no. You bought a SUV. I bought a truck. Sport yeah. utility. If you vehicle. ask any, you single... bought a finisher car. <laughs> <laughs> My range is untethered and it knows no bounds. For real. Um. No. If you ask any old mechanic, it's a truck. Yeah, <laughs> I like it's an SUV, but like they're like, yeah, that's a pretty good old truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got they a would, Forerunner. They would call our band van a truck. Like mechanics, <laughs> really? Oh, they, they they'll call anything that's not a car a truck. Yeah. By the way, I was driving by U-Haul. This is super random, but I noticed that I was like, oh, those are Fords, the U-Hauls, and I was like, it's an F six fifty, and I'm like, God, how many? Like, do they make like ten fifties that are eighteen wheelers? <laughs> what's What's the really big one? The I think the the six fifty with like the three rows that's the I think this six fifty is the biggest one. I don't know. I mean, the six fifty was like you know like twenty thousand pounds over yeah. there. Some some shit. You know. Speaking oh. of new items in our lives, 
I walked into my apartment today and I have a brand new refrigerator. Hey, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, I know. really? What was wrong with your other one? Uh, it was just something was being weird with the freezer. So they mm. they were super chill about it and they just brought me a new one. And I realized, you know, nothing makes me more happy than material items. <laughs> mm-hmm. Things. <laughs> just, things are forever. What's better than things? Yeah, look at that. That's <laughs> Things yeah. are forever. F650. They didn't have that, surely, right? <clears throat> I mean, that's what the same engine. Yeah. It, well, just that's, not, that's a diesel. Nice. Well, yeah. I don't know that U-Hauls might be decent. <clears throat> well, this We're is looking, great radio. I know. Looking at a picture of Shaq's new Ford. <laughs> That's <laughs> a bad motherfucker, Shaq. though. It man. couldn't be any more. Like, dude, can you imagine getting out of a parking lot in that thing? Look at this one. Oh, oh that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's got six doors. <laughs> that is just. Oh my god. That <laughs> is like like almost military grade. It's look, dumb. Look at all the gas tanks. Can you yeah, imagine, dude? The that thing would get like. Six. One mile to four gallons. <laughs> like it would get negative yeah. gas mileage. <laughs> I mean, it's strictly novelty. It's probably two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, if not you know? more. Just yeah, because they so, don't make many of them. No, yeah. So if you've got the money for it, it's like no, there's no practicality in this whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's a toy. I, I've know? seen them used for like, um, sort of like party buses. You know, how you can like rent those for a night. I've seen that. That would be so fun, and then dude. Those, <laughs> it's a big ass truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was the the six doored kind, so yeah. you really have a party in the middle. Oh yeah. And uh, I've also seen you know those like what are you insinuating? In the middle with you. <laughs> you know whatever, man. Yeah. That's where they put the hot tub. I don't know. Fools uh, to the left of me. Uh, Jokers well. to the right. <laughs> Where what were we getting on about before this? Oh, who knows? I don't we got new um, cars. So let's talk about. Oh yeah, Brady, you got a 2005. Got a 05 Corolla. What up? Good gas <laughs> mileage. Yeah, some Dude. good albums came out that year. Oh to yeah, stay topical. Yeah. <laughs> music podcast. This is a show about music and comedy. Yeah, even though we have a, a sword swallower on in the next segment. Hey man, he has more musical credits than we do. Dude, no joke. Sure does. That is not a joke. And he can play any instrument ever. Also, it's pretty no, sweet. What, can well, if he can play than... the sword throat, I think he yeah. can play whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really um, an over exaggeration. But I've got some topics uh, in the realm of uh, music. You ever uh, dabble in that? Uh, any of you? Is this music? Uh, <laughs> uh, I love I, music. Is that coming from the black or from the green? From <laughs> the black. <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, oh. This animals or instruments? Wait, instruments? <laughs> Wait, the music's off? Oh. Okay, great. Yeah. I've yeah. turned the music off. Uh, we have been doing this for too long. Just go look up. It's my favorite. Dude, <laughs> we've, he's been, we've had him on the show so many times. We need to interview him. Dude, if we could get him. His name is like Gabriel Gundaker? Gundaker, yeah. Something like that. Content creator. Yeah, he's Dude. he's really funny. His Wii Sports, man. Oh my Those, God, like, that shit's so good. Wii Snorkeling? Yeah. Perfect. I woke up in a cold sweat. I needed to know what we snorkeling sounded like. <laughs> so I made it. <laughs> but no, um, it's perfect. A few uh, topical things. First of all, Hobo Johnson. Everyone's talking about him. Pull him up, Alex. We need yeah, to listen to it. I'll, I'll be honest. At the time of this recording, I don't know what the fuck this Hobo Johnson guy is, what his music is like, or anything. But I've seen a ton of people talking about him. So I yeah. guess we kind of just need to know. I don't know. Like, yeah. Music is going viral again, which is weird. That's like, good. Uh, this hasn't happened since Lemonade or Fergie. Yeah, or, uh, d- oh, the national anthem. <laughs> yeah, dude, that dude, that, that was, was a travesty. nightmare. Okay, let's listen and see what we all think. Okay. You got them pulled up? Uh, yeah. 
Hello. I love a girl. I'm a man, and I love a girl, and I like her so much. And this song would be for you, babe, but it's sad, so it's not going to be. But I like it a lot. So much. This is already this worse for you, but I have other ones I for heard you. Before. Wait a second. I'm glad it does. I'm glad I can give is you the, the satisfactory that is uh, uh, needed or whatever. I like you a lot. I'm too emotional. Good luck to my future wives and their future lives without me. You guys will do great. I'm sure that I've prepared you for every guy you'll date, every guy you'll marry, every guy you'll hate. It's the lullaby. I hate this. I don't, I just, I guess I don't really get it. Sleep on whenever she spends the night. And if she falls off again, she'll find another guy to like. Which is Romeo and Juliet. Okay, like literally Yo, at first it was like uh, someone remixed it or did something funny to you. This is live. I don't know why we're on the live stuff. Well, I mean, that's what his stuff that's going viral is. I'm pretty sure it's like live stuff. Huh. It's, it's a nice camera. That's for sure. Yeah, I heard something that was like is it, is a little less trite that, yeah, that's than this. He, the one I had heard it was called Peach Scone or something. I think this is it. Here, I've got it. I think this Man. is what I heard. This is the real Five, one, I, I think. That like to make a little bit of love, like to make a little bit of music. Look at that. That's a desk. Just kidding, Bob. It's a table. I don't care about rules. This is what I heard. What's this is Bo Burnham. How are you? How's your <laughs> life? Oh, you got a man. Are you in love? If so, a type. Is it just platonic? Strictly just as friends are the type that ties you two together till tomorrow's end. It is disregard every time I call you pretty. Though it's meant sincerely, it's just. I've seen like 40 people in shows do shit like this. This guy was just. Like exactly like, what I've I was seen saying. this a thousand times. This guy is famous? Oh, he's just kind of passed viral. In the past like five days. Your spare time. I really and don't I like it. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so alone. The second one's way sadder than the first one, but I don't know. I love the thought of being with you. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so alone. Man. Sounds like uh, Pinkerton. Hell, Scorto. Hey, yeah, you know. You know why I don't like it? I don't like it because there's no musical value and like there's no instrumentation and he's not singing, so there's nothing to latch on to at all. I mean, there's a little instrumentation. It's very slight, but it's. I mean, it's nothing. He's hitting two notes. I mean. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's basically slam slam poetry. Yeah. No, I have a. I got a little bit to say about this because. Part partly this is in one of my wheelhouses because me without you in a way kind of does like the loud spoken word thing and the and Aaron Weiss their vocalist kind of does that in his vocal delivery and I've even kind of done that myself but mm-hmm. this is I mean he's this guy Hobo Johnson's doing it a different a different way but people have been comparing him to Law Dispute and like. Some band called Hotel Books. I haven't heard them, but and uh, what else? Uh, Twenty One Pilots, even which the little I've heard from them, like especially the stuff we played on the podcast where they rap. Yeah, I can see that. But like, I don't know. Uh, it's not really my thing. But 
just the fact that everyone is either like, yeah, this is really cool, or I fucking hate this, don't ever fucking post this again, or I'll kill everyone I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's doing yeah. something. Yeah, I, I mean, he's I, getting a reaction out of people, which yeah. is super hard to, to do. I hate to be on the second side of that. I mean, I'm not like... I, I get it, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, violently opposed to it, but I'm also just, like, I would never go out of my way to listen to this. That's no. kind of how I feel. It's it's not even that bad. I mean, like, I feel like that's rehearsed. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they can yeah. do, they can deliver that experience consistently. It's and I just, guess, like, kind of, like, I just don't care about it. Yeah, and see, like, I guess I'm a little annoyed because, like you said earlier, it's, like, we've seen how many people do this exact same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean... It's a, I mean, but even people we like... I mean, uh, like well, sure. Gaffer Project used to do something very similar to this, mm-hmm. where yeah, he would just get up and like rap over a beat. It was always, or so like, much but more he like read a poem or something. Yeah. Well, it was basically, yeah, pretty similar to this, like loud spoken word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, his delivery was so much better. This guy does it like, I don't know, it's something about like the that, way he, it's something about well, his but demeanor. You're not, you're not actually like, yeah, but like it's something about the like, he's smiling and smoking a cigarette and shout out to mom and stuff. It's like very. Like quirky, it's it's just it's not it's so quirky. Yeah, and yeah. like I don't like that. Did he have a uh, speech yeah. impediment? Nah, no. I thought just I heard him up. like stutter a few times. Yeah, like on well, that's purpose. on Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but yeah, like everyone my, is b- talking my about my generation. But um, Cremon, Cremon. Y'all look up what is it, Uncle. Pesco, Pecos, Pecos. It's amazing to me how much comedy value we've gotten off camera from the Looney Tunes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like Tom and and Jerry <laughs> making that fucking face. Dude, we, we sat there for an hour and a half watching Foghorn look at, Leghorn. Look at, look at, look yeah. at what, <laughs> what is called this unwarranted attack on, on my, my person? person. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so excellent. Yeah. But no, uh, um, I love like old, like legal Southern speech. Yeah, like on my person. Right, right. <laughs> very lawyer. Yeah, like very attorney. I may just be a Southern rooster lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> this injustice will not stand. Ah, <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um look, Hobo Johnson, he's obviously he's going I mean, he it's really like famous right now. Well, stuff about him whatever. getting shared around. It's not if like I wouldn't wanna... do an interview with him. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, here come this is the hot boy. Oh, I really hope we're taking you back right now. (laughs) When I heard this earlier, like I was in my room at at five years old for a a second. You heard it last time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're adults listening to this. What were Um, you saying? I'm sorry. I interrupted. You know, it's obviously, I mean, I think we're kind of at the end of the day, like excited that people are like talking about music mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. whether, whether you like it or not. And I kind of, I, you know, this would be a good time for us to get on the community page and sure. Uh, have Talk a about it. Conversation about hobo Johnson. Yeah. yeah I know. For <laughs> real. I just like, I feel like this is the way like English teachers felt about twilight. They were like, oh, oh, yeah. God. it's not good, but <laughs> at least everyone's reading. <laughs> no, yeah. but yeah, like, um, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for it just because like, I'm sure he's like a little bit influenced by some of the same, same stuff I'm influenced by really mostly like me without you, maybe a lot of dispute. Sure. But, um, 
I don't know. He's he, like the John Cena of loud spoken word. Just a very polarizing figure. <laughs> just like that's everyone's uh, everyone's uh, everyone is either like I fucking hate this guy or just like yeah, that's really cool. You can see him though, right? You can see this guy though. Okay, oh, okay. you can see him and his yeah. gangly ass fucking face. Yeah, gangly. Damn. You know, I, I hated to say that. But I see what you're saying. It. Does he have a gangly? Just everything. I see what you're saying about influence, and like I totally like agree with you on that like i totally understand but anytime that i feel like i have similar influence with someone and they the music that they make is bad like i'll put it this way like me and the lead singer of nickelback probably grew up listening to the same music he's much older than you what's the difference well he was listening to other music classic rock I mean, I guess. And like grunge, same shit that I grew up on. Yeah, I don't know. And and then he yeah. went on to be the front man of Nickelback. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, you know, I level with him on the on the influence thing, but it's like, well, you you ruined it. You I know? get it, but I like I listen to a lot of '80s lately or whatever, but I would never consider like a like freaking flock of seagulls hairdo or anything or like uh, oversized suits. But uh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like. There's a difference between like even if you grew up on it, if you didn't grow up on it during the era, it's, it's like, different. It's a totally different experience. Yeah, like someone would have to be your age, and you listen to the same stuff, and then you split paths, and you can be like, "Fuck that guy." Yeah. Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, we all we all go through our own thing, and it you know it it literally could be just the smallest thing that sets you in a different direction. Sure. Yeah. Well, know, we I need just, to like I have a like I, we've talked about her before, Yonita Beja. But uh, she's a like good friend of mine. She's a world class like slam poet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll get her on the show at some point. But anyways, like I'd love to have her come on and talk about slam poetry because it is one of those things where you like it's so easy to make fun of. Out because like it mostly is dumb, but like yeah. if you see what it's supposed to be, you're like I get it. It's really dramatic. Yeah, like, it's like every t- every single thing is it's about like. You know, like wearing babies on your hip, like scars. Right, right. You know, right. like it's deep. You know, yeah. like well, heavy. like it's like slam to me. It's like okay, the best out of the best. They are truly talented and they have a really special gift. But you can also do slam poetry, and be a dumbass. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. well, that's can, the way I feel about hardcore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where like really good but, hardcore makes you angry and want to move. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people who are making hardcore that just like, it's like, dude, you're trying so hard right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I agree or with that. Metal. I mean, really, it's everything. But, yeah. But, but the, I mean, those least... in particular, like, stick out in my yeah. head as like, yeah. where you look particularly cheesy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when you're doing it bad. It, yeah. I mean, it, it, at least they play an instrument, though, I guess, you know, that's the only upside to the, you know what I mean like that's <laughs> fucking that's something everything's you know. a poem yeah if yeah. you yes but yeah, no exactly. like I um it's just cool to see people be this opinionated about some new artist mm-hmm. I wish people were this opinionated opinionated about us y'all start talking shit on us yeah <laughs> please people would actually listen like, yeah like, like y'all heard like, that XY Spaces band they suck <laughs> I want more of that yeah, now. because then you'll pick up like a lot of contrarians. Like, actually, I see what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy's like wearing a suit, and I, I just think that's, you know, really fancy. 
actually, they listen to a lot of Intronaut and Mastodon. <laughs> That's my new character. I really like this person. Yeah. Ob- obnoxious uh, it's just inner, fan. It's, yeah, it's actually inner mon- like my inner monologue. Like, actually, the escalator <laughs> was invented to get you up there faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you're supposed to keep walking on the escalator. Yeah. That's hey. the whole point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we wanted to talk about the future of the show. Uh, this is our last episode. <laughs> Damn, no, I'm dropping just, the bomb. I know. I'm just totally kidding. Um, but we have been talking about, we wanted to do, do like a, a special episode for the double 20 like for the double quarter century 25 mm-hmm. um That's right. like uh <laughs> so we were gonna do all of our best of like bumps we wanted to do best of clips and then also maybe wrap up some loose ends like we could talk about who was the worst yeah for the battle of the worst mm-hmm. um and then in the future i think we might change that segment a little bit um, just sort of broaden it. Yeah, because we're running out, man. I, and like, what and I, we were afraid of that happening too. And it, yeah, and it, and it did before episode twenty-five. Yeah, we were like, shit. Who's shit. gonna? Who are we gonna do next? And then like, four well, you start weeks to feel later, mean after a while. But yeah. like, I think what would be easier is to rip the fight song podcast and just do one song at a time. Like one song versus one yeah. song. Like, yeah, you know, because we could just throw a lot more stuff out there. Without mm-hmm. having to know so much about an entire artist, you can also, still know, like, I hate this song. Also, like, we've been doing interviews lately, and... It's hard to insult, <laughs> like, it's yeah. hard to insult people when you, like, maybe yeah. are going to ask them on your show, like, in a, like Ex- a couple years. Yeah, because yeah. if the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch agreed to an interview... Be like, yes! Yeah. Yes! Yeah, moving up! You know, like, we, we would totally do it, so, like... <laughs> Finger um, Eleven wants to come on the show. <laughs> oh my, dude! Finger Eleven. They have the, that one song that's all right. Paralyzer. I used to listen to that. Yeah, and they did. They did one of the theme songs for the professional wrestler. Oh my god! Kane. I'm gonna kick you out of your chair the next time you tell me who wrote a theme song for somebody. They did, and it was cool. It was for Kane in like the mid 2000s. That's what's up. Yeah. Because you're standing there. Your body moving. Dude, so after episode 25, I guess we don't really know what's going to be different at this point. I, mean, I don't know. I just feel like it'd be nice to have a good clean break Yeah. because from episode one to now, we're talking about just totally different shows. Yeah, like, and like the format of the show was different. We didn't really have like, like you know, obviously, as you guys know, uh, we do bumps and stuff in between. Uh, you know the breaks and stuff like that and i mean it's it's just it's become yeah we have intro segments i mean yeah. like literally in the first episode we just played the song and then we're like hey <laughs> this is this podcast could take forever um my name is jonathan and i've been in a band for five years yeah <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. We, we did like a, actually in the original this podcast could take forever episodes <laughs> yeah no, I mean apparently. You talking about apparently, zero? apparently? Oh um, my god, dude! There's an episode zero out there. Yeah. Oh, it's real bad. No one will ever hear it. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, Hopefully. I, I deleted it. Yeah, I think computer. it's gone. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, like, uh, like it took this long. I mean, to to mature as a show and like to get to this point. And I mean, that's that's fine. That's 
that's the way it goes. I mean, I have my regrets. <laughs> like, no regrets. No, I'm not mean, even one. It, not even one, Mr. Cow. I have one. I have one regret on this show. Mr. Cow. No. <laughs> no. I, I want to hear it. I don't. I. I'm not gonna. Okay. Uh, Save it for 25. <laughs> no, I mean, no, we could talk about it. Well, we could, uh, you know, unlike it, like the earlier episodes, um, you know, a, a girl, a girlfriend sat in, <laughs> ah. and you know, it's. I'm not saying anything negative against her. She's she's cool. You know, we, we were adults about it. Yeah, split up. But now it's like, well, I can't go back and listen to that shit now. Yeah, like I, like those th- like three episodes are like ruined for me now. Yeah, like, and also like you opened her up to with, criticism that like she did not sign up for. That's yeah. Well, you know I, mean, I mean, I know, I know. Said, this I is didn't. my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. you were like this my beautiful my girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> it was literally like that. My beautiful uh, girlfriend. It was like that uh, John Mulaney joke, you know, like can my girlfriend? Can my girlfriend come? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like if can I was my like wife join me. Yeah, I was like, this is my wife. You'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna listen to see what she has to say. I know. That's why <laughs> I feel different. fine like having Kelsey on because I'm like, yeah. She's gonna be around for a while. Yeah, People might yeah. as well get to know her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She can pop in every once in a while for a while. That's that's why <laughs> yeah. I started talking to her. Just like, you know, can't yeah. beat them joining. Gonna, yeah, yeah. So that's my biggest regret. Uh, Brady, what's yours? Uh, all the times that I should have just gotten things off my chest, but I didn't. All right, I'm gonna say it. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know how to tie my shoes. Oh no! Hey, I'm just kidding. Is that why you have Velcro? I just, I just like the way it looks. Like, I'm reliterate. <laughs> I only can read things twice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where any of the ideas for the things I just said came from. But oh, I, I have a regret. What's that? Not having Mega Desk from episode one. Oh my one. god, dude! Yeah, we didn't even have single desk no, when we dude, started we just like sat around a couch the first five episodes like i was sitting in like a fucking lawn chair and then we had like I broke a, it a, a lawn chair a couch for a while we like, had the couch and the leather chair yeah like a and bar alex stool. would get mad every time i rearrange his house oh, i was like dude all you want is for like this to be good and he was like oh i don't even want to change it and then one day i was like wouldn't it be great if we built a mega desk and he was like Yes, it would. Yeah. And then we built a Megadesk. Yeah, I didn't really fight on Megadesk. Yeah, you were like, yeah, no, no, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of joined immediately. That's how you had to market it was call it the Megadesk. Yeah. It's like, you know what would be great if we had a desk, but a Megadesk. <laughs> I think like we, we got more, we didn't get more serious about the show when this desk was built, but we're definitely like, I don't know, it feels better. Uh, yeah, Just dude. in every way. Like, okay, here's what happened. Megadesk, Clint. Like it had been yeah. like that fast. Yeah, like, you're right. We like finished Megadesk, and then it was like interview, interview, interview. Like, yeah. you, and can you imagine interviewing Paul Abraham or the interview we have coming up, uh, Dan Meyer? Like from a old foldy table. No, Mm-mm. no, it just wouldn't, wouldn't feel right. right. I mean, th- this. I mean, God, I wish every single one of you could come in here and sit at Megadesk with us just to understand. Mm-hmm. how it feels you feel good man um uh we'll talk about some stuff afterwards i think it's time for an interview yeah so it, dan meyer uh he was on uh, america's got talent in 2008 
uh, and he was on in 2016. And in 2016, he pulled a stunt uh, that a lot of you have probably already seen. He He's a sword swallower, and he swallowed the sword, and it had straps uh, connected to the sword and then to a car, and he pulled the car with the sword down in his gullet. It's and inc- Nick Cannon <laughs> yeah. in the car. Nick Let's Cannon, not forget Nick Cannon. Yeah, the dude in the car. The yeah. guy from Drumline yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> is in the car. Mariah Carey's ex-husband yeah. is in that yeah. car. Baby yeah. daddy. Baby daddy. Yeah. They um, broke up. He, he, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, he gave uh, a TED Talk uh, that went viral. Um, matter of fact, he's given nine TED Talks in four different continents. Uh, the guy just has the most amazing career, the most amazing life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has so many stories to tell. Um, I wish that the interview could have been a little longer just so that you guys... Yeah, we actually it. had a technical issue. We um, yeah. we were doing the interview, and then somebody knocked on the door rudely, by yeah. the way, might I add. Mm-hmm. An door at salesman. salesman. Yeah. Some stupid company. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then immediately after that, Alex's computer messed up. Coincidence? Yeah. I don't Coinc- think so. Yeah, exactly. See, this is what I was saying. We need the on-air sign outside. Mm, outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, we were 37 minutes in, to the and interview, the computer yeah. was just like, no, nah, I'm done. And it, Dude, can same- we talk about what a professional Dan was about that? Oh, dude, he was so cool about it. He was literally just like, he was He's just like, like well, let's do you it again. you want to go again? We were like, yeah, dude, let's do it. He nailed it the second oh. time. Dude, yeah, like, he is a professional. I know. Like, like it was the same. Like, he was just like, "Hey, man, when the sword starts?" He's like, "I got it. I got yeah. you." Like, <laughs> no, yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean, it's coming up. We're so not... yeah, so I mean, a little bit of a change of pace. It's not really music related, um, but I mean, who cares? He's it's a professional. Related, so. Yeah, he's a who professional cares? sword swallower. That's his career. Like, you're telling me you don't want to hear about that? Yeah, exactly. Give me a break. No, and it was really inspiring. Like. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like he's the most motivational dude I've ever like. Yeah, like at the end of that, we were like, "Is it okay having him on this not wholesome show?" Like, <laughs> he's a little too good for us. Yeah, he's <laughs> just so like uplifting. He's like, yeah. "You really can do whatever." <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god, dude, he is a good guy. Yeah, overcoming fear and stuff. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Uh. Up next, an interview with Dan Meyer. Um. Stick around. Check that out, and we will see you after the interview. On me! On me! All right. Is everyone here? Yes, sir. Roger, Dodger. All right. Just on the other side of that ridge is 50 Vietcong. Or at least that's what Intel told us, but they can't even count their own dicks! So let's just say there's a hundred. We're meeting up with the 51st, and we're going to flank them from the rear. We won't have air support this time, so we'll need to do this quick and clean! Any questions? Sir, with, with all due respect, why are we doing this? Because these are our orders, son. Johnson, Rogers, I want you two on the turret. The rest of you are with me. Sir, yes, sir! No. No, sir, that's not what I meant. Well, spit it out, son. We got souls to deliver. This ain't a fucking sewing circle. Well, sir, what I'm trying to say is, I don't see why we're here at all. They're people, too, just like us. No! Wrong! 
They are not people. They decided not to join this community could take forever. And when they made that choice, they decided to be worthless scum. But sir, it's it's just a Facebook community page where people share memes and discuss all things music. Don't you think this is an overreaction? Are you taking a moral stand on me, son? Would you rather be on the receiving end of this 44 Magnum? Because it is locked and loaded with angry reacts. And so help me God. Oh, sir, no, sir. That's better! Now, unless anyone else has any treasonous bullshit to spout, let's go liberate some Viet Cong! And the name of this community can take forever! Hoorah! And don't forget to rate and review! So, uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, I, I know nothing about the history of sword swallowing. Like, where did that come from? Well, sword swallowing, actually, the best we can tell from ancient research, from the Sanskrit and everything, is that it started in ancient India roughly about 4,000 years ago, about 2000 B.C. And as best we can tell, the very first guy who ever did sword swallowing was an Indian guy by the name of Bob. <laughs> no, <laughs> no uh, we don't. We don't really know his name, but the, the best we know is that it was down in southern India, probably under Pradesh area, in a tribe known as the Kandador tribe. It was passed on from father to son, year after year, after, you know, family generation to generation, and eventually it moved north about a thousand BC into China. And from China, it moved over into the Middle East and eventually over into Rome in the first first or two, two or three centuries A.D., and eventually up into Europe in the Middle Ages. And then uh, it finally came over to the United States in uh, about 19, or, I'm sorry, 1819, November 19th of 1819. There was an East Indian sword swallower by the name of Ramo Sami who landed in New York, and he became a big hit in the United States until his death in the 1840s in London. And then from then on, there were occasional sword swallowers, one in 1855 in Wisconsin, a couple in the 1870s. And then finally, it became real popular at the Chicago World Fair of 1893, where they had this new thing, this electric light bulb was a big deal, and they had some sword swallowers at the Chicago World Fair. And it, it took off from there. P.T. Barnum had it in his circus. Uh, the Barnum and Bailey Circus, and then Ringing Brothers did in theirs, and I own a lot of those swords that that actually were in Barnum and, and Ringing Brothers Circuses. From the early wow. 1900s to about the 1950s, nearly every circus and sideshow had its own sword swallower. But in the 1950s, with the invention of the TV and movies and stuff like that, people were watching more stuff on the tube than they were live. They were, you know, they could see this incredible stuff on TV, and it kind of started to take a dive, and the circuses started to decline. In the 1960s, the circuses were starting to hold up. Uh, Ringling Brothers had a big fire in uh, 1944, so in the 1950s, they started going um, into the amphitheaters and the big cement amphitheaters instead of having the big top, and so they didn't use the sideshow anymore and didn't have the sideshow performers like the sword swallowers. So in the 1960s, it started to decline. In the 70s, very last circus sword swallower we had was in 1979 by the name of uh, Francis Doran. 
he died in 79. And that's really the last circus story tour. Um, and uh, that's, that's kind of, it, it started to kind of dwindle then, and now we've had a little resurgence here in the past few years. Wow. I mean, does that, would you say that's uh, because of the work that uh, you've done? And, and uh, you told us earlier, you you actually founded the uh, Sword Swallowers Association. Which... Yeah, in, in, 1997, I heard there were less than a dozen sword swallers left in the world. And I began practicing. I practiced 10 to 12 times a day, every day for about four years, about 13, 14,000 unsuccessful attempts hmm. before I got the first sword down on February 12, 2001. And then I, I founded the Sword Swallers Association, networked all the sword swallers together. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it started with the Internet and everything with, with us putting more videos out there. Kids were starting to see it and starting to realize it was pretty cool and wanted to try it, and they could copy off the videos. And I was had a little resurgence, what we call the Neo Sideshow, so kind of the modern sideshow. A lot of kids that are tattooed and pierced and whatnot, they just think it's cool to do something kind of weird and dangerous. Right. And it kind of started taking off. So now we're back up to a few dozen uh, professional sword followers, a few dozen uh, amateurs uh, out there now today. So... How do, how exactly did did you get into sword swallowing? Because s- sticking a sword down my throat into my stomach sounds like probably one of the last things that I want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really the most unpleasant thing you can do with the human body. Your body just takes <laughs> no way. Fights you the whole way. For yeah. me, yeah, yep. For me, a lot of people ask me. They say, well. You know, did your parents work in the circus? Was your dad a lion tamer and your mom a tightrope walker or something? Like, nope. Uh, it was actually just the opposite. I, I was not a daredevil at all. It's just the opposite of that. I grew up in a small town called Michigan City, Indiana, up on Lake Michigan. And a small town, I grew up with extreme fears. I suffered from low self-esteem, inferiority complex, fear of failure and rejection. And something we didn't even know you could sign up for back then social anxiety disorder. What that meant is I was I was a scared shy skinny winky kid. I, I would tremble, I would shake, I couldn't talk, I couldn't ask a girl out on a date, I, I, I stuttered. And if I had to stand in front of my class, I would just black out. I couldn't think of anything to say. The tears would roll down, you know, the, the boys would tease me and beat me up. And so I vowed if the boys would not let me play in their sports games, I wanted to do real magic. I wanted to do real feats. I wanted to do things the other kids could not do. And I would run home and I'd read Superman comics, and I wanted to be a superhero like Superman and fly around the world doing superhuman feats and saving lives. And I would read Guinness Book of World Records and Ripley's Believe It or Not, and I saw real people doing real feats. And I wanted to do something really amazing, remarkable, that the boys could not do. And so uh, years later, when I got into... uh, clowning and circus clowning and juggling, fire eating, glass eating, unicycle riding. In 1997, when I heard there were less than a dozen sword swallers left in the entire world, I met a sword swallower in Nashville in 97. His name was George the Giant. And I asked him for some tips. He said, yeah, I'll give you two tips. Number one, it's extremely dangerous. 29 people have died doing this. That's why there's less than a dozen people left in the world today doing it. Number two, don't try it. Well, guess what I did? I added it to my list of thrones, my bucket list, and I started practicing. I practiced 10 to 12 times a day every day for four years, 
until I got my first sword down February 12, 2001. Then it took another two years to get consistent at it, to do it without choking and gagging or, you know, without looking ugly. And up to another five years to master it, to get up to multiple swords and no hands and start doing, you know, really pushing the envelope for swords and doing some incredible stunts that nobody else had done before. So yeah. that's kind of how I got into it. It was just one to, to show the bullies that I could do stuff that they could not do. Wow. That's, that's really incredible. And, um, th- that brings up a really interesting point. Cause you were talking about like just that gag reflex and then just how difficult it is. And like the faces you're making as you're trying to swallow it. And that just makes me like, I mean, how, how is sword swallowing even possible? Well, that's, that's a very good question that you ask because a lot of people, most everybody thinks it's impossible. They think it's fake. It has to fold up in the handle or curl up or whatever. And, you know, and I've got some fake swords. I, I demonstrate those when I do my shows. But it's really about 99% impossible. I mean, there's just about 1% plausibility that if you line up all your organs just right, if you line up all the reflexes and you can overcome everything, that there's about a 1% chance that you can really make it work. And that's why I love it so much. For me, in order to swallow a sword, what I have to do is I put it into my oral cavity over my tongue. When I get to the back of the throat, I repress the, the, the gag reflex. Obviously, everybody you know, gags when you're brushing your teeth or yeah. choking on a piece of meat or something. So I have to repress the gag reflex. And that took two, three years for me to get to that point where I could actually repress it. I still have a gag reflex. I just re- repress it now. And then when I get to the back of the gag reflex, then I have to pull that sword 90 degrees up. I have to make a 90-degree uh, turn up so the sword's going straight down my throat. I press it against my throat um, down the cervical esophagus, go through the hyoidal ring, the cricopharyngeal upper esophageal sphincter, which is kind of right in the upper upper part of your throat, behind the voice box, the prominential laryngeum. Now, at this point, the blade can go in one of two different directions. It can either go down the esophagus and into my stomach, or down the trachea, the bronchial tubes, and into my lungs. In my case, I really hope it goes down the esophagus and into my stomach. Right. What I have to do is repress the peristalsis reflex. That's the 22 pairs of muscles that swallows your food. Like if you eat some mashed potatoes or something, those muscles uh, repress, and they, they push the food right down your stomach into your stomach. So I have to repress that, slide the blade down into my epiglottis. I have to find the proper alignment into my epiglottis, flip open the epiglottis, and that's really something that took years to learn. Flip open the epiglottis, find the proper alignment. Your epiglottis is a little flap that closes off your either your bronchial tubes to your lungs, so the air can go in your lungs, or your your esophagus down to your stomach. So I have to kind of leave that open, put the sword behind that, go down my esophagus into my stomach. When I get in between the lungs, the blade runs into the highest concentration of blood vessels in the human body. Mm. an organ known as the cardiac muscle or the heart. And it's kind of in the center of your chest. The esophagus makes a three-way juncture around the heart. So as I get to the heart, I actually have to nudge the heart to the left and back a little bit. So if you watch when Uh. I swallow the sword, you can see the blade beat with my heart like that because it's leaning against the heart separated by about an eighth of an inch of esophageal tissue. You can't take that. Oh, man. Just hearing you describe that...
the bottom of your rib cage there where your sternum is, your breastbone. At that point, I have to go through the diaphragm. Then I have to relax the lower esophageal sphincter, which is really tight like a rubber band that closes up your esophagus from your stomach mm. so that your stomach doesn't acid reflux up into your esophagus. You have to relax that. That takes a while to learn how to relax that one. Slide that down, the blade down into the stomach, past the liver and kidneys, stretch out the stomach all the way down to the duodenum. If I were to go further than that, I'd go all the way down to my fallopian tube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Just kidding. Only girls have those. Only yeah, girls have those. sure. <laughs> so I'm guessing that over the years, um, you've probably had a few injuries of your own, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in 2002, when I first started, 2001, 2002, when I first started tour touring, I started touring with Brooks and Dunn, and I did the Neon Circus tour 2002 and 2003 out of Nashville. And starting about that time, I started doing medical research on all the sword swallowers worldwide and i did the first ever medical research paper on sword swallowing and its side effects that was published in the british medical journal in 2006 and that won the 2007 ig nobel prize in medicine at harvard university and then i started touring uh with the ig nobel lecture tour and we would go around sweden denmark netherlands England, Ireland, Scotland, India, different places, uh, speaking to medical associations and, and medical facilities and universities and showing the x-rays, the fluoroscopes on how swords going actually works. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of doctors even don't think it's real. But when I show them the x-rays and the fluoroscopes and the moving you know, videos, if you go on YouTube, you can see a lot of those moving videos yeah. of the sword going down you know, to my stomach. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 that pretty much convinces people that it's really real. Yeah. Well, I, I know for sure that it's real. I've, I've seen you do it before my very eyes. I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> um, so you were on one of the first uh, few seasons of America's Got Talent. Um, mm-hmm. And then you were on uh, again later on. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your, your experience there? Sure. Um, America's Got Talent contacted me season one. Hmm. Eight or ten different people called me, and I sent them DVDs and stuff. And the other sword swallowers were all saying, ah, don't go on. They're just going to make fun of you. Sword swallowers not going to make it. It's only for singers and dancers. Well, I didn't. I ended up not going on season one or season two. Finally, season three, they contacted me, and I, I went up to Nashville and did the first audition in Nashville. And uh, it it went so well that they filmed me for about three or four hours, went through three complete film packs and three battery packs. And I thought, <laughs> well, good, at least I got some, some B-roll in here that, that they might use. The next yeah. day they called me and sent me on to Atlanta. And we uh, three weeks later did uh, a live audience in Atlanta with Sharon Osborne, David Hasselhoff, Pierce Morgan, and our host was uh, Jerry Springer. Right. And about 4,000 people in the audience. And out of 26,000 people in the southeastern United States, they had 70 of us perform over two days. And out of those 70, three of us made it through to the semifinals or the quarterfinals in Las Vegas a few weeks later. So it was a huge honor that I got to be one of those folks and, and uh, managed to make it. I didn't think I was going to do so well. I was nervous as I'll get out that social anxiety, that fear kind of sunk in. 
I was getting sick to my stomach just before I went on stage. And I knelt down, you know, backstage and I shot up a little prayer and I said, all right, Lord, this isn't about me. It's about, you know, showing that the impossible is not impossible. And I realized that out of those 4,000 people in the audience, nobody else could do what I was doing. So <laughs> yeah. I just kind of relaxed and ran out there and I had fun with it. And it went really much better than I ever expected. And it ended up sending me through to about seven or eight episodes on America's Got Talent, all the way to uh, Las Vegas to the Mirage Theater there in Vegas for a couple weeks. And then I finally got eliminated there. I made it to number 42 out of 300 performers, made it down to 42, got eliminated. And a few months later, they called me back to be on the finals because somebody had broken an ankle. The Russian bar, bar trio had broken an ankle. And so they brought me back in to be in the top 40, and then I got eliminated uh, one more time. But it was a great, great run. I loved it. I had a wonderful time doing it and met, made a lot of good friends there on, on America's Got Talent. Um, 2016, the producer called me back. I was living in Tampa at the time. Hmm. called me on a Monday afternoon. He said, hey, do you want to be back on America's Got Talent? And I said, sure, next year in Miami or Orlando. He said, no, tomorrow in Hollywood. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah. And uh, they, they got me a late flight out. I flew an overnight red-eye flight to LAX. Got there about 3 in the morning. Got to my hotel, slept two or three hours. Got up that morning and waited around all day. They started filming at 4 in the afternoon, which was really 7 p.m. Tampa time. <laughs> By that time, I'm fading already. Yeah. They just kept pushing me back, pushing me back. Finally, it was about 12.30 at night, midnight, and I hadn't eaten anything. I had only slept a couple hours that night before, and they, they said, okay, you're on. So I ran out there on stage, and I just had to get my energy back up again. And, uh, you know, the, if you watch the video, you can see where Simon Cowell and Howie and Heidi Klum and Mel B, they're you know, asking me questions. Nick Cannon was there. And Heidi and... And Simon said, are you sure you can do this? And I said, no, I'm not sure, because what they didn't know is America's Got Talent arranged a car to, to be there. Uh, I had them ask for a car that was between 2,000 and 3,000 pounds, and it was backstage. I hadn't even seen this car. Didn't know if I could do this, but I sold my first main sword that I sold quite regularly. Then after that, I sold about an eight and a half, nine pound Model A car axle, big round car axle, super heavy. Oh. And I'd never done that on national TV, so I wanted to do that. And I did that. And then I said, I'm bringing out the car. Well, I'd never seen this car, so I was not sure at all if I could do it. And they attached two straps to the sword that I put over my shoulders. I got Nick Cannon in the car, and I leaned forward, and I started pulling against that car. And what you don't see on the film is that that car did not move for probably the first 15, 20 seconds, maybe even 30 seconds. Oh. It didn't move at all. I'm leaning into it, and I'm thinking, this thing is not going anyplace. And I'm leaning and leaning, and the sword is pushing on my teeth, about 3,000 pounds of car pushing on my teeth and on the bottom yeah. of my stomach. And finally, <laughs> I just shot up a little prayer, and I said, all right, God, give me five seconds of courage. i got to make this work. And I pushed as hard as I could for about five seconds, and I felt that car move about half an inch. And I knew I had it moving. And I then I just started clawing and pulling and doing everything I could. And I pulled it, I don't know, 15, 20 feet across the stage with Nick Cannon in it. 
and yeah. it worked. The audience jumped to their feet. They gave me four <laughs> yes votes, and it, it worked. So God, uh, don't try this at home. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, this one time I uh, swallowed a whole macaroni and I felt pretty incredible. So <laughs> I kind of know what you mean. <laughs> you and me, we're we're on the same level. <laughs> That's right, same page. <laughs> so four different continents uh i would like to hear a little bit about that well in 2008 right after i did america's Got talent uh i had gone over to sweden and if you're familiar with ted talks one of the top ted talks was by a swedish guy by the name of hans rosling and he's a scientist there in stockholm and he does this ted talk on data and poverty and this and, and it's all numbers and he's very very interesting at the end of the talk he pulls out a little swedish bayonet and he swallows it. it has nothing to do with sword swallowing but he swallows it and it blows everybody's minds and it sent that video to the number two biggest ted talk in the world at that time well i used to live in stockholm i worked in the music business over there and so i was over there in, in stockholm so i met up with him in front of the central station to give him his sword followers patch and, and T-shirt and everything. And we meet up there, and there's cops all over the place. And he said, he was so tickled. He was just really the nicest guy. And we met up, and I, I said, did that TED Talk help you any? He said, are you kidding me? He said, I'm booked for the next 10 years. He said, <laughs> you know, everybody knows me here. The, the police, everybody knows me because of that TED Talk. He said, you're kidding. He said, yeah, did you bring any swords with you? I said, yeah, I got some here in my, my duffel bag, but it's illegal to swallow to out any weapons in downtown Stockholm, especially around a you know a big central train station like that. And he said, "No, that's okay. The cops all know me." So yeah, <laughs> we got back to back. We swallowed the swords and we bowed down to each other. And I pulled the sword out of his throat and he pulled it out of my throat. And it was great. I mean, it was awesome. It's a, a moment I'll never forget. Then he said something. He said, "You need to do a TED talk. You need to do one on sword swallowing." I said, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all about the world's leading expert doing something, but telling their backstory on how and why they do it. Yeah. So I started working on it in 2008. And five years later, after five years of really wanting to put this together, I took my hour show and got it down to about 18 minutes. And I contacted a buddy of mine over in Netherlands, who's a malaria expert, um, mosquito expert. And I asked him for a photo of a malaria mosquito. And he said, sure, but what do you need it for? And I said, well, for a TED Talk. He said, where are you doing a TED Talk? I said, I don't know where. I just know I have to do one. He said, well, I'm on the nominating committee for the largest TED Talk in Europe, in Maastricht, Netherlands. And he said, I'll nominate you. So he nominated me. They went through big deliberation. They invited um, Hillary Clinton, Melinda Gates, and like 15 world leaders from all over um, Europe to speak. And me. And so I did my first <laughs> TED Talk there. And out of the 15 speakers, Hillary Clinton didn't come, Melinda Gates didn't come. But out of the 15 speakers that were there, mine was the only one that got a standing ovation, and it just took off. And wow. it's now gone viral. It's at 1.2 million views right now. It's called Cutting Through Fear. If you just Google on 
YouTube, Cutting Through Fear or Dan Meyer, Cutting Through Fear, TEDx, Maastricht, it'll pop up. Mm. And it has no description whatsoever. TED has never gotten behind it. They've never promoted it. But it has traveled virally for the past couple of years and it's at 1.2 million views. And right now it's the number 10 most translated TED Talk in the world out of 200,000 TED Talks. It's at number 10. It's been translated into over 60 languages right now as we speak. Wow. So that, that was a huge honor for me. Then I got invited to do one in Armenia. Uh, I've done TEDx Huntsville, Tampa, Tampa Riverwalk, Sarasota, um, different places. And then right after I did America's Got Talent in 2016, I went and did the largest TED Talk in Africa, in North Africa, in uh, TEDx Accra, and did it there. And it's just been such a blessing. I've been invited to come do them in Mongolia, Taiwan, um, different places around the world, India. And I just, I love, it's not about the swallowing the sword. It's about inspiring the audience to go beyond your boundaries, beyond your limitations, and do what you think is not possible, to do the impossible in your life. And if this scared, shy, skinny, wimpy kid from Indiana can do the impossible, then anybody can do the impossible. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so, Dan, what do you have lined up for the future? Um, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm, I'm just getting ready. I'm heading out on a plane tomorrow morning for um, Missouri. I'm doing a church there. I do a lot of churches. In May, I'm doing Uganda, uh, four festivals and five universities in Uganda, in Kampala, Uganda. From there, I'm going over to Nairobi, Kenya. From there, I'm going to uh, Fiji for 10 days and doing some, some work over there. Uh, in August, I'm doing the Alaska State Fair and the Kenai Peninsula Fair up in Alaska for a month. And I finish there September 4th, and I fly to Turkey, and I'm doing a large festival there, million and a half people in Izmir, Turkey. Um, and uh, from there, then down to Texas, doing the, the West Texas State Fair there. Just a lot of things. India in November again. And I'm just I'm blessed. I get to do uh, state fairs, county fairs, churches, uh, Upward Unlimited celebrations, schools, universities, corporate events, um, hmm. motivational speaking things. And I mean, talks. you got to come on this and podcast. <laughs> and your podcast is yeah. <laughs> What a career, man. Oh, yeah, my God. Absolutely incredible. That is that is amazing. Well, do you... I, so I wake up. I wake up. I wake up every morning and I pinch myself and I think I'm so blessed because I get to do something I love, and I get to inspire other people to do the impossible in their lives. And for me, that's what's really the most exciting thing about it. It's not showing off the sword; it's showing other people that they can do the impossible in their lives. And for me, I, I love it. I, it's just I, I can't believe that I'm, I'm actually get to do this. Yeah. Well, that's a really great way to look at it, man. That's that's very uh, selfless. You know, that, that's that's amazing. Um. Do you want to plug uh, your website or, or where, where people can find you? Sure. If you want to find me, um, you can find me on uh, my website is Cutting Edge Entertainment. That's I-N-N-E-R, like inner, like a sword. Mm, right. Entertainment.com. Mm -hmm. CuttingEdgeEntertainment.com. Uh, you can just Google Dan Meyer. Um uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you like the uh, TED Talk. Please share it. It's going viral now, but it needs people to share it. Comment, like it, leave some comments on it. 
Uh, on LinkedIn, I'm at about 23,000 followers right now, but you can find me on LinkedIn, Dan Meyer. Um, Instagram, halfdan5. On Twitter, I'm halfdan. That's H-A-L-F as in Frank, D-A-N on Twitter. Um, just pretty much any place on the on the Internet. Facebook, I'm kind of maxed out on Facebook, but you can uh, you can like my, my Dan Meyer Sword Swallower page there. Hmm. And uh, just... Uh, Follow me because you just never know what. Last week I just did a really cool music video for Alex Bouillet up in Utah, and this thing is going to go. He usually has like 90 million, 100 million views on his on his YouTube. So yeah. look up Alex Bouillet, B-O-Y-E, and in about two or three weeks it'll be the song called A Million Dreams from the film uh, The Greatest Showman in the Life of P.T. Barnum. Wow. I'm doing the fire eating, fire breathing, stilt walking, juggling, and uh, of course the sword swung in that. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, please follow me if you guys like what I do. You know, leave a leave a uh, thumbs up or a, a comment, and definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel. Would love to hear from you guys. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dan. It really means a lot for you to come on and do this show. I can't thank you enough, man. I I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, guy. Well, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Good talking to you again, and uh, I'll have to connect with you next time I'm I'm back in the region. Yeah, man. Hey, you just you got my number. You just let me know. You got it. Sounds Th- good, man. Appreciate All it. right. Thank right. you, Dan. You thanks, have a great Dan. night. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Huh? Huh? Oh. Hey. Oh. This is Daniel, and, and I'm here to tell you about this community could take forever. Uh, it's the community page for this podcast could take forever. People are posting angry reacts in there. Ah! I'm also here to tell you about this playlist could take forever. It's where we're posting all of our angriest songs. I'm also here to tell you about this podcast could take forever at gmail.com. Email! It's where you can hit us up. Also, rate and review the show on Apple Podcast. Great review. Also subscribe. Hey, hey, it's it's Brady. Uh, get, get off my leg. Uh, look us up on Facebook. Send us messages if you have inquiries. Look at our Instagram for show, show updates, etc. And we have shows coming up. Just look on that, please. Thank you. Welcome back to this podcast could take forever um one of my personal favorite bands between the buried and me has just released a new album uh which i'm very excited about uh what's it called alex uh automata one or is it automata it doesn't matter well it's it's half of a double album that's exciting yeah i was gonna i was just about to say like that's exciting because it's obviously there's gonna be an automata two yeah you know so this is act- so, the second part's gonna come out pretty soon. Then yeah, this year. Mm, okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's clarify though. Very few albums or bands ever do this well. Like Pink Floyd did with The Wall, oh. Yellow and Green, Yellow and Green by Baroness. That was pretty good. But those well, came out simultaneously. 20, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Both true. of those. Twenty Twenty Vision. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't like the second one. Oh, I, I like all. Justin of Timberlake, Twenty Twenty. I like all of it. I just don't like the second half isn't as good as the first half. Hmm. Maybe that was just me. Yeah. Well, th- that one also came out simultaneously. Th- no. These are 
They didn't? No. I thought the 2020 experience was like one. Volume one came out like a while before. Oh, two. really? Oh, I did, we're I forgetting know. one. Uh, Kelly Clarkson's Behind Thee, and then later that year was these. It was just Hazel, Hazel Eyes. Eyes. Right, right, right. Behind how, these, and then Hazel. How did we? Out. How did we miss that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's because Brady hates Kelly Clarkson. It's, I d- I d- <laughs> it's not. Look, I just. Is like, that pig girl? Yeah, <laughs> you mean that pig girl? Yeah. Just, just go back and listen to the episode. I explain it. Um, um, let's yeah. uh, let's play a clip from one of the songs from uh, the new Between the Beard and Me album. You want to fade it in so it doesn't punch the uh, listeners right in the face? By the way, this band is a lot heavier than some of the other stuff, uh, like featured artists that we've been playing. So, just a warning. Historically, this has not been a band that I liked. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I felt like they did the same thing for a while. Like, yeah, colors. Yeah, colors and the I great misdirect yeah. and like Parallax and Parallax 2. Like, they were just the same album. But, but then they won you over. They won me over with Coma Cleptic. I feel like I've heard this part before. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have a sound, dude. They have a sound. Yeah. Well, that. We put this. We put this standard on them because they're so proggy. They're more progressive than Bernie Sanders. And like, <laughs> whoa, we, we, so like, we, we expect like, <laughs> like every 30 seconds of the their top songs. 1% of the 1%. Yeah. yeah. The, the 1%. <laughs> we, we put this like Shots. standard on them. I like that our, um, our Bernie Sanders are totally different impersonations. Yeah. Like yours, yours was good. His, his was a little more, uh, like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> He's Jewish, you know. I know, yes. but like, it, I always feel like your arms aren't high enough. Like, you, they have to be over your head. So it's like, yeah. the top one percent yeah, of yeah. the one percent, you know, <laughs> is way up there. Dude, Daniel's posture. arms were up when he was doing that. For those of you that couldn't see, dude, dude. Bernie, <laughs> Bernie Sanders' posture is the worst thing. <laughs> oh, dude, it's terrible. It's so bad, <laughs> dude. That that fucking where Danny DeVito <laughs> hugs Bernie Sanders was amazing because it's like, ah, oh, these two. Weirdly shaped people <laughs> like colliding yeah. with each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you want to play another clip from a different song? Probably? Let's uh, yeah. play that one that I know because oh, I haven't okay. heard the album yet. But. Oh yeah, this is the single. This is "Condemned mm-hmm. to the Gallows," uh, the first track. We can probably skip ahead just to yeah, yeah. Dude, they have tasteful keyboard. Oh yeah, and they every album there's like a little bit more. I just think he had to build up his confidence, like the singer, because like yeah. it's hard to keep up with a prog band playing keyboard and singing simultaneously. Uh, yeah, because I mean, there's it's very possible he really wasn't that deep into keyboard when he started that. Yeah, I mean they did it a bit in like Alaska and stuff.
Dude, I'm yeah. about to punch a hole through Megadesk right now. You couldn't if you tried. Mm. With Watch your me. Feeble hands. Watch solid me. Oak. <laughs> but no, this I is love it. press board. <laughs> this is a solid press pond. Yeah. <laughs> this to me, this doesn't really sound like a progression from Coma Ecliptic. At least not this track or what I heard from the other one. It just kind of sounds, which it's not a bad thing. There's really solid songwriting and everything, but it just it sounds like it could be stuff off of. Yeah, it sounds like parallaxes. It honestly or, sounds like just more between the bear and me. Yeah, it, it yeah. just like. Which is Coming fun. into this album, I wasn't already ang angry at them, so I was like, alright, it's fine. But, yeah. like, if you, like, hated the last album, you have no patience for the next album. No. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the way that works. Yeah. Um, I think that was a great clip to describe, like, what they do. And yeah. here's this. Mm. Love it. Yeah. I know you do. I've been... Because it sounds like good Event Sevenfold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like dude, they, it's like the the harmony guitar, like this the is, unison no, this guitar. This is what Avenged Sevenfold sounds like. Yeah, like, but this, not this is, good. No, this is exactly what they sound like. Dude, the production value is always so like, it's it's 15 years old, and the drumming's not nearly as good. That is false. That's false, mm. dude. That is 100 percent true. I Tell the him, Rev Alex. is a good drummer, but the, he's not as interesting as. I mean, he might not be playing like. The songs they play aren't as complicated, so the drum parts aren't as complicated. That's what I'm saying, but I but don't I feel like it I wouldn't feels say in the, the same I way. I wouldn't say that he's better, per se, honestly. Are we having interim AS7X court? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that one that's going to be its own court. episode. Dude, I know. Dude, he was, the Rev was really good. I know he was, but like, I don't know. I just feel like... Also, he wrote those songs. Yeah, I know, so like, he could have done more. Uh, well, no, I mean, like, dude, I, that's... He's a drummer writing the music. I mean, like, dude, no one does that. Except my children, my Brian did that. Really? Mm -hmm. Brian Hood wrote the songs for a long time. No I shit. Know that. Hmm. hmm. More you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. My children, my bride is from here. For those of you all that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Madison, right? Yeah. I hope I didn't just nick. They're playing the last. But I no. Feel like that's. I, a, I feel like that's some genuine information that's in my brain. They're from. Uh. Or it's, it's no, Madison. that's not what I was gonna say. They're playing the last warp tour. Which I don't hear them. I don't hear about them playing very often. So it's kind of neat that they're playing the very last yeah. Warp Tour. Well, I mean, there's only one original member left in that band, anyway. Yeah, pretty yeah. sure. So that's a little taste of the new uh, Between the Bear and Me album, which uh, I'm really glad came out. I love that band. And interestingly, listening to that, I know that you're trying to transition away, but yeah. um, I really, genuinely felt listening to that that I think. Between the Bear and Me might be the biggest influence as a band on X West Bases. I mean, that's them and Mastodon and Intronaut, and I'm sure like a few others are the most like clear bands we have in common. I feel like, but we like, have a lot of bands in common. But those I mean, are, like, I the hear main those other ones, but Intronaut and um and Mastodon both have consistent like genre sound. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Intronaut will like do a jazz bit every once in a while, but they don't like switch moods. Yeah. Whereas like between the bear and me will like do a circus part. Yeah. And then like, yeah. you know, they turn around and like, you know, have a rodeo song right in the middle of like, yeah, what is it, swim to the moon or something where there's like a answer the sky. Yeah. yeah that's what I that's mean. the funnest thing because there's no one to say you can't do that. Like it's yeah. like, that's it's the beauty almost, of making music. You get to, you get to parody. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you, like you, mm -hmm. you can. It's almost like how when when you know I write these bumps, mm 
Mm-hmm. I get to make a little tiny parody of something. You yeah. know what I mean? And so like when we write when we write our songs, we get to be like, let's like throw this little um, you know, this little medley part in there just because like we can do it too and it's our it's it's a very like tongue in cheek not a, it's not a joke. Yeah. It's it's a it's a playful nod. Mm-hmm. You know, at the good the good of it. That's a that's a good defense for it. I feel like there's something in my blood that boils whenever someone doesn't take something a thousand percent serious. But like I love you guys and I love the music you're making. And it's like but it's one of those things where if someone asked me to make music when I was like, No, no, I'd never write that. <laughs> it's like we have to we have to keep this a thousand percent serious. We are angry on this stage. Yeah. Or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. But uh but like I I really I appreciate you like your defense of it. That makes sense yeah. to me. Because like, um, and w- as far as like my part of the band goes, like my delivery too is like I I wouldn't even want to be like a real hyper serious like yeah f- like well, harsh it vocalist. It wouldn't fit you. We're yeah. not hyper serious about anything. Like no. as people, no. I'm not hyper serious about my job. Like and in like, reality, I feel like X Y is almost a more genuine band than so many other bands because the people are like, oh, I fucking tear this place apart. And then yeah. after the show, I would they're never like, say hey, man, like how yeah, are yeah. you doing? And it's oh, like, fuck that is not who you are. Yeah. That, that up there on stage, what was that? Yeah, yeah which you one is I mean? it? It was an Oscar-winning performance. For sure. <laughs> um, that's actually something I was saying. One to say to you, Brady, is actually I'd love for you guys as a band to almost invest in better monitors or like better PA system in general. Just so that like you don't have to scream as loud and you can still get some of like the interesting vocal dynamic that you get on the album mm-hmm. because some of that just gets lost live because you have to scream so loud just to be heard or to yeah. even hear yourself. Mm-hmm. Like where if you like... had if you had like in ear monitors or something, you could actually hear yourself being weird and you could do yeah. more of it. Yeah. And then I'd have to carry that stuff around. <laughs> I've oh gone my seven god! Years Can you doing... imagine? <laughs> I've like gone seven a real years. band. <laughs> oh. we'll just, we'll just That's how Ozzy up. Osbourne got into Black Sabbath because he had he had a PA had system. A PA, yeah, and it was a big deal to have a PA back then. You guys still are a big we, deal. Where would we be? A, a little bit. Yeah. You ever seen Rockstar? With Mark yeah. Wahlberg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be able to out sing the lead singer of a band. Yeah. Like. <laughs> During a concert yeah. where they can hear you. <laughs> that's some that's like being able to hear someone like when you're jumping out of a like a plane and you're like yelling at them like you betrayed me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You know what you'd be hearing? <laughs> like like the end of crank. No, the beginning of crank two. Yeah, we had, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I left you a voicemail. It's like, I just like heard that. wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So we have another battle of the worst. And this is sort of a throwback to, you know, uh, kind of our earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're only episode 24, but I mean, comparatively. Yeah, I mean, we're talking pre-Clint era, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That was a a time in space, wasn't it? Yeah. A time before deep space. So here it is. And XY space. Another battle of the worst. Real Todd. Oh yeah, guys. 
this time. Let's bring it in. Fucking limb biscuit. Can you see that backwards red hat right now? Oh my god, dude, it's so red. Um, I know that I knew this at one point, but was that CD seriously called like chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water? Yep. It sure yep. was. Oh, I thought it was only chocolate starfish. And the hot dog flavored water. Mm. Mm. I feel like it's sad because when you see that, you go like, dude, like Bloodhound Gang was a related artist to yeah. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> um, bringing that down on the other side of this discussion was another band. Uh, Jonathan, do you have them pulled up? I sure do. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> I know you have a love-hate relationship with Godsmack, Alex. Uh, there's not a lot of love in that relationship. Oh, man. I gotta admit, I like that drum sound. We're looking at a picture of a Ford F650. <laughs> it, makes, it makes so much sense. Huh. I get it now. I, I think that's it. some of the worst vocals I've ever heard. Should we listen to this in your new SUV? No. <laughs> Would that help? No, because in that, like, you're just like, I don't know. Roll I feel that, like that's a mastodon. Roll right that far back window down, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just sounds like Scott Stapp. Mm-hmm. No, so, no. It sounds no, like dude, he's, he's got joking. his own. He's got his own voice at this point. He, he was trying to be Phil Collins because I think he was the drummer of this band a long time ago. Huh. Um, dude, there is a song by Godsmack that I like argue with people about that is bad. Particularly our good friend Nick, who is an idiot. Uh, what what song could he he's... possibly be defending? Yeah. Uh, okay, it's that one. Uh. Um, not the, you know. Oh, our friend Nick has defended Here, I'll, a guy. I'll pull it up. Song. Oh, yeah. Turn it up. He loves this song because he grew up listening to it. Dude, stop blowing your nose. We're listening to Godsmack. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. All right, dude, start it over. Start it over. Oh, do we have to? Don't. That's not in tune. Like, I don't understand. Like, this is, like, a band with expensive quality gear. And, like, this is the best they could come up with. It's like Metallica with St. Anger. Yeah. Like, listen to this. That little guitar right yeah, there. Yeah. This. If that wasn't done on the fucking cheapest Walmart amp they could find, I don't know what the fuck they were using. <laughs> I mean... Desire. They they could have I mean they probably put millions of dollars into this. Yeah, that's the worst part, man. That's what I was explaining to someone the other day. It's like it's bad like talking about metallic again. Like when a billion dollar band pretends they're they have to record in a garage. Like So are they trying to be Alice in Chains? Yes. On the I mean, dude they on got their the name Alice, on the wrong. Alice on the Alice in Chains forum. Like like online website, the word Godsmack is blurred. Yeah. Like, well, isn't like, Godsmack like an Alice in Chains song? Yeah. Isn't? Godsmack is an Alice in Chains song. Is it a song or an album? It's a song. Okay. And it's a good fucking song. That's a great band. Yeah, Alice in Chains, they're one of my all-time favorite bands. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, for sure. 
I definitely hear like. So it's yeah, like, because they're trying to do that spacey thing that like Alice in Chains does. It's like but this, it's so bad. And they're, the harmony. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. trying to be like this like creepy like. They're doing know, the inverted like fit like so like normally a harmony is you sing and then the harmony comes in above you mm-hmm. and so like they're just doing a lower harmony. Yeah. And like I get it. I've done it before. Uh, I think it's can sound cool, but like. Okay, this that, sentence that this sentence on their Wikipedia I really like. In 1996, uh, Tony Rumbola and Joe DiArco joined Godsmack as the guitarist and drummer after Richards left upon learning he had a six-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> he had a six-year-old. <laughs> and Stewart left due to personal differences. Right. Uh, what was the other one that we had a while ago? That like, like some like ah man, it was one of the Wikipedia pages that just said some so funny. Uh, I can't remember honestly. Let's play another. Uh, they have a thing on YouTube called Wikipedia Fact or Fiction, and they'll bring in like musicians and be like, "So is this true?" Mm-hmm. And usually when you watch them, they're like, "No, that's not fucking true." Like yeah. just like little shit like that on there. So that might not even be true right there. Oh, oh! This is Godsmack. No, 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 no! This is Limp Bizkit. That's him. Okay. Because <laughs> oh. I saw it on your phone. I was like, "Wait a fuck!" I thought you were joking. <laughs> I, was like, uh, they, I was like, "Did they have a phase?" Made a Fred Durst phase. <laughs> There's something about this that it's like very like make eye contact and move your shoulders like <laughs> I don't know like, it feels like a joke. <laughs> uh, what's that other band that's like, POD? Yeah, yeah, but this, at least they were uplifting. They have this weird thing though to where like the drummers don't get off their hi hat. Yeah. You know oh yeah, but about? that's like uh, Deftones did that too. Yeah, but yeah, they made it rule. Yeah. Deftones, like I forgive them of a lot. Hey, with the release of their album Awake, Godsmack toured Europe supporting Limp Biscuit. How about yeah. that? Wow. Sounds about right, but you know, dude, uh, they were so ready to say like fucked up, like. Uh, so the only soft spot I have with this band is they used to do a lot of stuff for uh, WWE. Oh my god, I'm gonna kick you out of your chair! This is like the third <laughs> Dude, or fourth time I've mentioned are, are something. You, about are you this. starting to like question your interest in wrestling? Because every time we talk about a shitty band, you're like, "Well, they did have a song and <laughs> something I love." I mean, like, it was like in the early 2000s. It so should have like, influenced you to some degree. Well, I look back on it fondly because like. Like, just, Limp Bizkit did the theme song for Was this the, the theme song? No, it was not. That's because this is Godsmack. Dude, is this the Dude, song if you from don't the think Scorpion Godsmack. Mm, no. <laughs> oh, dude. They had a song in Prince of Persia. The movie? The video game. What? Which one? Oh, Warrior Within. Which one is that? Late. That was like the second or third one in the 
But you gotta let the chorus kick in on this one. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> that seems like a a Limp Biscuit thing to say. A little bit. I guess that's why they get along. Hey, bring that down. Here. Is this Limp the song you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh, this was the song. Everybody sucks! Just in general, their is song. The, uh, is this the Riot song? The, the Woodstock song? Yeah, I think so. so. Just it probably people, was. In case people don't so. know, uh, Limp Biscuit like, kind of started a riot at Woodstock in like 96. 99. Was it 99? Yeah. Yeah, that people, I mean, there were like all sorts of fires that happened, like assaults mm. and, and stuff. No, like sexual assaults. Mm. Like, really. How did how did this occur? Uh, like at like a big, it was like Hellfest or something, wasn't it? Was it? Woodstock. Woods, oh, it was Woodstock. It was Woodstock. It was called Woodstock '99, and the crowd was just going fucking nuts. And Fred Durst was like, was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, do more of that. And he, then the crowd just did more of that and did more of that. I mean, yeah. did he get arrested or did he not get arrested? No, the, I think that like they. Almost like press charges on him. Literally, for, for the ins- charges were inciting a riot. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, uh, but I mean, like, I he he gave his account of the story and like, w- and it was basically like I had no idea that that, that was going to happen. You know what I mean? And so it's almost like fuck. I kind of don't blame you know like yeah like, you're like right, you know yeah you guys push each other around. Hey, stop raping her. Yeah, yeah. no, seriously. Well, what's that like, song out? name anyway? That's a uh, break stuff. Yeah, exactly. So he was just like, you know. Here's one that. Hey, you um, ever see that movie? Sorry. Do you ever see that movie, The Goods? No. Where it's like uh, the same people that did Talladega Nights, but it's about oh, are these guys like selling used cars? Oh, I've, I remember seeing commercials for that. Yeah, dude. It's so dumb. But like I watched it the other day. <laughs> There's like funny? a scene. I mean, you would love it. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Um. The boyfriend on The Office that like works in the downstairs. What's his name? The famous one. Uh, um, he's also in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, you're talking about Doug Judy? Yeah, Doug Judy. Mm-hmm. You have the right to main, remain Doug, Doug or Judy. <laughs> um, in the yeah, name of Judy. <laughs> he's like a DJ in that. Like you know, every time he's like DJ requests, and every time someone asks him to play a song, he's like, "They will not take the set from you." He like plays puppy, like dying puppy sounds. He's like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you wanted, right? <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, a character insights a riot. It's really funny. Here's a song by Godsmack that uh, we should all be offended by. Uh, bring me up there, Daniel. Oh my God. Is this what I think it is? Yeah. They covered this. Yep. Oh. <laughs> he ruined it. Uh, I will say, though, he kills the guitar solo. Well, the drummer's doing it. That's yeah. not easy. No, no, I, it's it's literally the singer. But it's here. Sti- it's still stiff. Like it's yeah. Like it's not it's like triggered or something. This is a uh, Led Zeppelin, by the way. Like Funny, the original they, song. They had an album produced by 
the same guy from uh, Led Zeppelin's fifth album. Or four. four. That's not seven. Four. That explains it. Sorry, I don't know my ro- ro- Roman numerals. He's not even doing the right riff right there. They're trying to do something else, dude. Okay, well, this is actually a perfect transition if you want to bring that down. Sure. Because Limbiscuit likewise did an offensive cover. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But this one makes me even more mad. You know, a lot of people hate this song. This sets the stage for uh, Disturbed. Like oh, with, without yeah. this, there is no sound of silence. That's a really good point, man. Ah. Hey, can I be honest? This isn't the worst cover. It's not, but what right. I realize at the end of this song, when they don't go rock and roll like the Who did, because when they I was can. younger, I every time like they would go rock and roll, I was like, dude, I wish it just stayed sad. I love the sad part. And then Limbiscuit did it, and I was like, Oh, I get it. This needs the rock and roll. Uh, like they can't just end going. Oh, oh, oh or no, it's discover, discover. Yeah, whatever. whatever he, yeah, whatever that means. I think it's like the album name. Oh, how are you gonna plug your own shit in your own shit? Are you ready? L I M P. Limp. Discover. Like, this is a Who song. You fucking have some respect. Don't spell yeah. your own band name <laughs> over, like, your yeah. cover of somebody else. That's like going, like, Jason Derulo. Yeah. Yeah. That shit a, offends me. This is a God Smack song yet again. Exactly what you would expect. This feels right. Yeah, but that's like Motley Crue. <laughs> so the last Are you time sure I, this uh, is an Avenged Sevenfold? This is not what they sound like. This is what Godsmack sounds like. Hmm. So, um, the last time I saw Between the Buried and Me, it was on their um, Colors 10-year anniversary tour. And after they got after they got done playing Colors, they did a bad riff off the two guitarists, and they pretty much just came up with riffs like these on the spot. <laughs> they bad dude, riffed dude. each other. Yeah, they did a bad riff contest. It was really funny. Oh, so funny, dude! Godsmack 20th anniversary documentary to include a drum solo review by Neil Peart. Is that, that sounds kind of stupid. Oh, I thought it was by Hard Times. <laughs> Yep, this is real. <laughs> Sometimes y'all, art imitates life. Sometimes did y'all life see, imitates art. You'll see that Hard Times article about, like, <laughs> who was it? Uh, some, uh, what band was it? It's going to do a two-hour, like, double LP about getting a blowjob. <laughs> oh, Buck Cherry. <laughs> oh, Buck Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be probably, I mean. That's going to be on the greatest That would be hits. their first, um, that would be their first uh, concept album, and that's pretty much <laughs> like what they would do. for the course. No, they already did a concept album about the word fuck. Remember? Oh, oh they, they did. did. Oh, my God, dude. They're, 
Man, maybe they're the worst. Between Limp Biscuit and Godsmack, Buck Cherry is worse. <laughs> Are we just gonna wrap it up? There? Oh shit! Oh shit! I got y'all! I got y'all! I got y'all! I saw Neil Hamburger once, and he said a joke, and it went as follows: What's the worst thing about Fred Durst's music? Or uh, no, 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 no! I, I messed up. Oh, What's no. the worst thing about Fred Durst's herpes? His music. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. I wish you hadn't ruined that punchline. I know. I it would have been way fun. Wait a minute. This would be a good good time to edit. No. <laughs> ah, damn hey, uh, here's another Godsmack. I, I just got to play this one. This one is uh, live. If you'll bring me up there, Daniel. This this is another one that should that should offend thoroughly. Whoa. I don't like this song. Really? I don't like it by the Beatles. I don't like it by who is it? Like Aerosmith or yeah, Aerosmith Guns N' Roses? Like, like, yeah, they're the same band to me for some reason. It's just that high pitched vocal that I just like irritates me. Yeah, I don't want to hear this anymore. This is the worst version of this song. Yeah, they somehow made it more awkward. Hey, you know what? I'll say though, this is live, and they're nailing it. Wow! This is live. Yeah, you know it says this... it says live from the Fox Theater. You know what this band oh, makes me with feel lots like? Lots of editing and auto tune. Yeah. This band makes me feel like I just got a new job, and I'm like 17, and the manager is like you know real redneck. And I'm driving with him in his truck because we have to like drive to the next little, little site where we have a job to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting in silence in the car listening to this, and we have nothing to talk about. And it's real <laughs> early in the morning, and I just want to kill myself. Yeah. Shout out to the girls on Instagram that let you zoom in on their boobs. <laughs> 95.1, the rocket. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. This is no good. This this song is. I mean. I don't know. Are we ready just, to vote? Yeah, I think it's Buck Cherry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan? Uh, shit, man. If you're going to put me on the spot, honestly. Buck Cherry. I, I'm going to say, well, yeah, but I'm going to say Godsmack, they ripped off one of my favorite fucking bands and they did it so badly. And Limp Biscuit, as bad as they are, at least they tried to do something original. So I'm going to say Buck Cherry. Uh, <laughs> that was not on purpose. That was a genuine accident. That's a Freudian slip right there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> You're a good looking dude. Good, good looking out dude. <laughs> dude, that's who he reminds me of. Fred Durst. Oh shit. Who? Chris Britt. Oh my god. The Brit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Chris, no hard feelings. Come on the show. We'll have an interview. We love you. <laughs> yeah, dude. For real. Um, yeah. I, I, I got to say Godsmack is worse. Brady? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. Just in general. Before, I was going to say because Limp Biscuit had, you know, they did some stuff for WWE and I was six or seven and nostalgia. Kick him but, out of his chair. <laughs> no, please. But no, uh, Godsmack is just worse just because, like, that's just as Worse, objectively. I'm honestly surprised. I thought y'all were going to go Limp Biscuit was worse. I I think Godsmack is worse, too. Yeah. I agree mm-hmm. with you guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, Godsmack. Like, I don't... Okay. Limp Biscuit for one. Fucking 
Dude, that they have that. Was it the bass player or the guitar player that had the googly eyes? Contacts in his eyes. Yeah, and he I just think like, that was the guitarist. Oh my god, that oh, that's shit. hilarious! I didn't he was know creepy that. looking, though. dude. He was so creepy. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. There was something about like that era of new metal that I just, I like, I remember those music videos. Yeah, like it's especially the corn ones, like Freak on a Leash, dude, with the the bullet flying around and the yeah, 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 that whole shit. <laughs> um. So I vividly am not a fan of this, but either way, it costs me so bad. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. They're horrible. Uh, Alex, before we go, you had a uh, like an anecdote about Godsmack. Remember? Like in Pittsburgh? Oh, Do you yeah. remember like <laughs> hearing a concert? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're, they're the, uh, those hill climbing, like, sort of like little train car things. You yeah. know, it's like an incline up a mountain. Like a trolley. Yeah, like, yeah and you like know, like in San Francisco. Yeah, and like 30 people can get in it and take you up to like the top of the hill of the mountain or whatever. So I got to the top of But you that. were in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh. I was at the top of this mountain and I was looking across to like the connection center of like all four or five rivers that meet in the middle of Pittsburgh. And like, and across the bay, like across the river, is a place where they hold a bunch of concerts. And I'm just hearing this Godsmack song. That's. Do you remember what song it was? I thought it was like Love, Sex. That, that was it. Yeah. That was it. Love, Sex, Hate, and I yeah. died laughing right there. There were all these tourists around, like taking pictures, and I couldn't hold it in any longer. I I literally lost my mind because I was like trying to enjoy a moment. I know. Like I was looking at it, going. This city is fucking beautiful. This is so nice. And then love, hate, sex, pain. And I was like, you ruined it. It's yeah. like, if, imagine you're at the Grand Canyon. I'm like, love, hate, sex. Yeah. Dude, I forgot. Thank you so much for reminding me of Dude, that. I I've got a little it. anecdote about them. Uh, at Excalibur, our old venue and record store, there was a seven inch for Crying Like a Bitch. One of their songs, <laughs> and it never moved for the entirety of that store's existence. Dude, that store was there for like four years. I know. Wait, do you remember that because it rhymed? <laughs> what rhymed? Would you say seven inch crying like a bitch? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I just I just remember it for some reason. So we have that might be it. This is one of the very few like unanimous yeah decisions. You, no, actually, you'd be surprised how many of them were. I, think I guess we need I'd to go to back there back and at, tally. I'd have to. I mean, like, I, I feel like we were. I mean, there there was even a couple of ties. You know? Yeah, we had a few. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't think this one was going to go that way. Oh, me neither. Well, here's all. a good way to which so, just song. Which song are you taking with you on a deserted island? Break stuff or whatever Godsmack's yeah, biggest stuff. song is. No matter what, it's break stuff. Yeah. Break stuff or any Because I'm going to be mad when I'm on that island. I know. You got to break uh-huh. some coconuts. You <laughs> survival. Yeah. I guess I would rather um, good times, bad like times. ripping this fish's head off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, if anything, I would rather take the good times, bad times cover. But, again, that's a cover. They didn't write that, so you can't really take that on the island anyway. Um, on this hypothetical island. When are we going to... We need to do a like segment of butt rock covers soon because oh, like yeah freaking is a theory of a dead man that did uh bad company 
No, that was Five uh, Finger Death Punch. Okay. No. Bad company. Yeah. I can't deny. Theory of a Dead Man. I think they had a cover recently. I'm sure they did. Everyone did. Theory of a Dead Man did something for a uh, wrestler once. Like, oh they, my maybe god! A, sorry, sorry. I think it was a pay per view. All right, guys. That's episode 24 of this podcast. Could take forever. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, join this community. Could take forever on Facebook. Uh, wait, hang on. This part's so good. I love this. Ah, yeah. So good. Um, anyways, uh, episode 25, I think we're going to put out a little extra extra thing for you guys um we're gonna do something special for episode 25 so if you've been sticking with us uh from the beginning thank you so much if you're new thank you so much either way we got a lot coming up in the future all right so please uh keep listening and we will talk to you next week Guys being...